Hello and welcome to Furlough, Defining Moments Worth Talking About. I'm your host, Leonard Cochran, and of course with me is Steve Otterstrom. And Steve, we are coming off, or at least for our listeners, coming off of a Valentine's Day, President's Day weekend. And so, uh, of course, we're pre-recording this. We've been doing this for a little while, just a few days in advance. So let me ask, big plans for either President's Day or Valentine's Day for you? <laughs> you know, I haven't had big plans for uh, many, many months now. <laughs> um, it is a little easier, I think, to um, celebrate Valentine's Day this year than it's been in past years uh, because I, I don't have to try and think about if we should try and get a restaurant reservation. However, you know, the truth is um, I've never been that good at Valentine's Day uh, actually years and years ago, um, I, you know, I used to, on my way home from work, I worked at a call center and as, as I was coming home from work, I actually drove past this floral shop and, you know, a couple times a week I would go in and just buy a single red rose and bring it home. Um, it, it's always a good thing. Bring your wife flowers every once in a while. And, and, yes. and, and it makes up for just what a crummy individual you are. And, uh, so I would, I'd bring her a flower home and then like on Valentine's day, I went by that same one. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'm going to get her, uh, you know, a few roses or maybe I'll just get one more rose and bring it home, you know, but I went by it's the first time I bought flowers on Valentine's day. And because I'd been going in there a couple of times a week throughout the year, uh, I knew what the price of a rose was. And uh, of course I was working at a call center, so it wasn't necessarily a lot of money coming in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I could afford buying a rose a couple of times a week. And it was like twenty four dollars, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and so I, I mean, I I didn't want to look like a cheapskate, so I did buy it, and I went home angry, and I was like, "Here's your Valentine's flower. You're never getting one of those again." <laughs> Supply and demand, my friend. Capitalism <laughs> yep, yep. at its best. <laughs> Capitalism at its best, but yeah. Uh, so I, I I have from that point on been like, you know what? If 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 I can make you believe you know, the other 364 days of the year that I love you, I can get away with that one day not spending tons of money on. And and uh, the keyword is make you believe there, Steve. You've just given it all (laughs) away right there. No, I I, I, I totally Poor choice of words. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I understand. But no, I'm absolutely with you. Uh, When when my wife and I in the early stages of our our dating and, and even early stages of marriage, uh, I would do the whole single flower, single rose, and put it on the windshield of her car under the wiper, or do some of that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, but I never did so much get caught up in the whole thing of commercialism of Valentine's Day and all that. Mm-hmm. And of course, now many, many, many years later, I'm continually reminded that I, I don't even do the single rose anymore. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I think I've become a failure over the course of years, but. Uh, like you, I, I I just haven't necessarily been excited about the commercialism of it and the uh, opportunistic capitalism of it, uh, and and I hope that she generally recognizes that I I do love her every day of the year and not just on Valentine's Day. So. <laughs> and that we could either go out for dinner on that one night or we could take a weekend <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, for the same price later on. And actually, well, I think both of us have um, similar spouses from the perspective that uh, as far as my wife is concerned, she would rather not be in a big crowd. 
Yes. And so going to a crowded restaurant, you know, waiting, you know, for, you know, to be seated and and for your reservations and those things, it's just, just really wouldn't be what, what she's into anyways, or maybe, maybe it is what she's into. And I've been disappointing her for the last, you know, 21 (laughs) years that. (laughs) Well, and it's, uh, and so by the way, folks, if you can't guess, we've decided to talk a little bit about Valentine's day and about our relationship. So, uh, so we'll just continue to muddle ourselves into it here. We're not, we're not doing president's day. Well, (laughs) not not this year. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if we ever will necessarily. I, I'm not, no, no disrespect for the current or past presidents, but uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I like you, Steve. My wife is not fond of crowds. You're absolutely right. She, like yours, is that way. And 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 two, back to the flowers, she's not fond of getting flowers that are going to die anyhow. Mm-hmm. So I've learned she likes plants, uh, but I just hadn't figured which plants. <laughs> which plants work the best. I, I personally am a big fan of silk. They live longer. Uh, mm. But uh, I, I don't think I've convinced her of that. And so we've uh, we've gone through some plants over the years, but not, not as many as she might like to have. Yeah, aloe vera works, you know, pretty good, lives a long time. I'm not sure it's the plant of love, but... <laughs> yeah, well, and you can't Cactus. overwater it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, but, it's interesting. Well, you know... Uh, Leonard, um, I, I don't know, you know, if you're, if you're wanting to share, willing to share, but since the two people in the world that really should give no advice on love, you know, are, are hosting this podcast. Um, but I'm yet insulted, we both, Steve. we both, we both found a way to find it. So I think one of the things that anyone could come away with is if Stephen Leonard found love, then, then there is hope for anybody who's, Indeed. who's listening. Um, but, but, you know, who was your first love or, 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 or are you not allowed to say that? Um, what, what was your, what was your first experience with, with falling in love? Like? Yeah. yeah. Well, it all began at a young age. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, you know, it, it seriously, right. Don't, don't we all have that, that first crush that we just mm-hmm. think is everything. Right. And so for me, it's funny, actually, I, I, I for whatever reason, it's sort of, been kicking it around lately and i i almost i'm friends on facebook no so this is a narrow chance that anybody from my high school is going to be listening to this podcast and be friends with me on facebook uh, but if this gal is out there i was friend I, I am friends with her on facebook today and uh she was the one i consider my first crush and mm-hmm. I, I it was around about fourth fifth grade and i don't I don't remember what redeeming quality she had, but I just remember I, I had a crush on her. She literally lived down the road from me. Uh, it's one of those streets that change names when you drove far enough down it or rode your bike far enough down it. <laughs> and so I would ride my bike down the street to check it out to see, I think this is where she lives, you know, <laughs> and just sort of do the drive by. Yeah. Do the drive by. I was just in the neighborhood kind of thing. Just and then driving drive my bike home. past your, your house yes. three or four times today, you know, that's well, she, she was a couple miles down the road, so it wasn't that frequent. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was my first kind of crush. And I had a couple of girls back then that I just thought were really kind of awesome. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, that might be further back than what you're asking. How about you? What was your first, <laughs> your first memory of Amore? Oh, my goodness. That's, that's hard to say. I mean, 
um, I do remember um, in uh, second grade, uh, one of my one of my friends was saying how he would get his homework done um, or get his work done really quick so he could look at this other girl in the class, just kind of stare at her because she was so pretty. And I was like, why are you wasting your time doing work? I just start looking at her from the moment we come in. <laughs> <laughs> that was in that was in in second grade and you know it, um it seems like you know one of the things is girls always scared me so um i i didn't have like a, a big dating life um I, I there were a lot of girls i had crushes on but that didn't mean i ever said a word to them and if they did say a word to me probably my my face would go red and um i would uh <laughs> be terrified the yeah. one thing i had going for me and anyone that does know me um, knows that I have uh, really super curly hair. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you know, I hear people talk now, um, you know, about uh, especially uh, uh, black people talking about not wanting people to touch their hair. Well, I have that exact same type of hair. Um, yeah. And um, but for me, it was a real plus because girls in high school would sometimes come up and say, Steve, can I touch your hair? <laughs> Yes, you can. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. touch your touch my hair. Leave your hand there as long as you want. Um, yes. You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I didn't I didn't have much experience. I was just so terribly shy. Um, yeah. And then you know um, there were some girls after high school that I hung out with a lot, and I liked them a lot for sure. You know, but. I never really quite knew how to take that next move of like, mm. should we, you know, be an item? It was more just like, um, I hang out with you every day. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I don't know what the next thing is I'm supposed to do. So yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of experience. And then, and then I got married fairly young um, when I was, Oh, how old was I? 22, 22 when I got married. Uh, so I got married pretty young and then, uh, been married ever since. So, um, <laughs> I'm well, really good. not the person anyone should ask that's about love. History. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this could be a very brief podcast then because, uh, <laughs> my, my own story, I, I didn't have the hair, but other than that, it might be a similar story to yours. <laughs> now I, uh, yeah. So when it came to high school, in fact, I do remember in junior high, uh, for us, they divided our year into two segments. And so, for example, if you took shop, wood shop, you had to take a half a year of home ec. And then if you took gym class for a half a year, you had to have a half a year of health class. And mm -hmm. they divided a couple of our classes like that. And so I remember in junior high health class, and of course, that's where you start learning a little bit about how your body functions and all that stuff. And um, maybe, maybe it comes a little <laughs> earlier nowadays, but back then, I think so. We, there wasn't yeah. an internet back then. So don't judge us younger people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, nonetheless, yeah, yeah. That's a, a long, deep rabbit hole. Uh, but none, nonetheless, they, they had a quote unquote debate. They had a discussion as to whether going steady was healthy or not. And I don't even know. Do people go steady today? Is that a thing, Steve? Do you think? 
I have a feeling that if I were to ask my kids uh, who are they teenagers about going steady, they'd be like, that's so gross. Like yeah. they, 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 that sounds, I think that's an old person thing. I don't think anybody I says think going so. steady. Anymore. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's define that for our young audience <laughs> then. So going steady was just simply the fact that you hung out with one guy or gal on a regular basis and you sort of, in a weird kind of way, it was almost like a pre-engagement, I guess, yeah, right? It's like it's we, kind of a boyfriend-girlfriend. Yeah, back in the day, some of them that were real serious did swap high school rings or whatever they did, mm-hmm. you know. So anyhow, they had that big debate or, or a conversation. I shouldn't say it was a real debate, but a conversation. And I was one of these guys that didn't fit a lot of the normal patterns. And so I had... I don't know if it was through reading or what influenced me, but there was some discussion of the fact that it really, so many people went steady for a week or two and broke up and then they'd go steady with somebody else for a month or so and then break up and so on. And so it really seemed as to me, it really seemed as though the whole game of going steady was preparation for breakup. You know, it was because hmm. nobody, not too many of the kids went steady for any durability and then let's face it i don't know and i can truthfully say today i don't know of anybody that married their high school their junior high school sweetheart maybe Mm -hmm. they married their high school sweetheart but i don't know anybody that goes back to the age of 13 14 and that's the person they're married to today Unless it was out in the country when they married at the age of 15 and weren't going to school, you know. So uh, all of that to build in the big story that, yeah, I, I myself was not much of a dater either. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really, it's not that I didn't like girls, uh, but I didn't pursue dating because I was what, in my circle that I grew up in, people would consider courtship versus dating if we want to open up that box, Mm -hmm. uh, where for me, dating was really preparation for marriage. And I've just always have had that view, even before they wrote books about it. Uh, That was kind Mm -hmm. of my view. And so I I wasn't so interested in just chasing anyone down. But I did, uh, I did gumption up the nerve in high school to talk to a gal that was a grade or two older than me, she was a senior. And, uh, you know, I, I, did the old phone call. Hey, what you doing? And talk about stuff with her. Uh, Cause her, her, her boyfriend was in the military. And so she was free game because he was, he was out of state. <laughs> and uh, I called her a couple, two, three times and, you know, thought about maybe it could go somewhere, but of course it never did. And then uh, yeah, through college, busy focused on college and stuff. And so I, I, I was a little bit later. I, yeah, I married uh I met my wife, actually met her probably when I was 21, 22. Uh, and then we married when I was 24. And, oh, okay. Uh, we, we had about a year-long dating relationship before we engaged. Uh, so I, I, I knew her, was friends with her for a while, pretty well in kind of a group kind of a setting uh, before the big pursuit happened and uh, lassoed her down and wrestled her until she said yes. That's the brief version of it, as I like to remember it. (laughs) Well, it it is interesting because you know I I remember having kind of the thought too because, and really it was just a matter of being so shy. I was terrified of 
you know, making any, any move anywhere, but you're like, well, you're only going to marry one person. So why do you have to date so many? <laughs> I'm not sure that's healthy advice. Um, but um, when, when I did meet Elizabeth um, in, in a lot of ways, I think having had such little dating experience, um, I was just so awkward in the way <laughs> that I, mm-hmm. I pursued her, you know, like, like um, I, I don't want to say I was a stalker. I, I don't want to go that, that route, but um, <laughs> I met her at church and um, I wanted to get to know her better. So I joined the choir because she was in the choir. <laughs> and then uh, that gave me an opportunity to walk her home. And for months and months, what I did was I walked her home, you know, <laughs> and I kind of always had this feeling that if she knew that I really liked her, she would just bolt and be gone, you yeah. know? So, um, you know, I, I, I just, you know, kind of found out where to be at the right time. So I'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? Um, yeah. and that was, you know, going to choir or going to these other things. Um, and, and I think I did that probably for about six months before I asked her out on the first date. And, you know, you would think, you would think I was like 14 to describe how scared I was when I asked yeah. her out because, yeah. um, I, I, I was going to community college at the time and, uh, be, you know, before I had a cell phone and, uh, I knew I needed to call her before I left the school because I was walking home and it was about a five mile walk. So it was oh, going to be a little while and it was going to be yeah. late by the time I got back. So, um, you know, I, I sat there in kind of the common area and there was a courtesy phone and I was going to go call her from that courtesy phone, you know, once I got the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just about had the courage and I heard all the like little gates starting to come down as they were closing the common area. And, and it's interesting because all of a sudden I couldn't call her and that's what gave me the courage. Like, oh my goodness, I've just lost my opportunity. And so yeah. I got pushed out into the, um, into the lobby area and I got on a payphone. Um, and for younger listeners, that's where you insert, insert quarters and can call on a public <laughs> phone. And I got on a, I got on a payphone and she didn't answer. I'm like, oh, oh no, no, I've lost my chance. So as I walk home, every time I went by a convenience store, I went in and I and I tried to call, <laughs> yeah, uh, from yeah. the payphone, and until uh, finally I get her, and um, and and I I said, hey, you know, some, you know, we're going to a corn maze. Like I made it sound like there's a big group of us, and it, and and uh, my brother was going to ask her sister out as well. We we're going to do like a double date thing. He was trying to help me get the courage. And they were friends, so it wasn't like as mm-hmm. big a deal. And um, and and so I'm like, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, we're gonna go to the corn maze, and I wonder if you'd like to come. She's like, oh, sure, that sounds great. Who else coming? I'm like, well, um, there's you now, you know. <laughs> yeah. now, we've um, we've nearly doubled our numbers since and, you're coming, and, and there's me. <laughs> um, and, and, and you and me, we could kind of go together. And uh, then then uh, David's going to ask uh, your sister maybe. Uh, but, yeah, how's that? <laughs> and, you know, she tells me she didn't even realize she was going on a date until she was there. And she was like, oh, wait, I, you know, I've been asked on a date here. Um, came back from that one. I probably gave it a month or two. And then, again, just trying to get that courage up to ask her out on a, a one-on-one date. And, um, you know, obviously to shorten the story, I, I did get that courage. Um, and it just got easier after that, you know, however, um, (laughs) when, when I asked her to marry me in my mind, 
I had been pursuing her for well over a year at that point. Yes. But in her mind, we had been dating for like a month and a half, you know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it's funny now to talk about it. But then it was nerve wracking when I asked her. <laughs> her response was. Oh, wow. That's really nice of you <laughs> to ask. I'm flattered. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. But I guess, you know, maybe it gives hope that you can be pretty darn awkward and you can be pretty, you know, bad at reading the clues and, and it might still work out for you, you know, so. <laughs> what, was the, what was the question, though, Steve, is once you ask and she, you survive the awkwardness, did she tell you yes then or did you have to wait no, for an answer? No, no, she said, that's very kind of you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Period. She, hard stop. <laughs> well, and and well, I, for the most part, she didn't say much for a little while. There was a few wows and a few oh my goodness, um, you know, type of things. But uh, you know, she was not ready. She was yeah. not ready to. Uh, I mean, she had just gotten into her mind that we were that we were dating. Yeah. Um, and you know, the in my side. mind, I had been. You know, I had. I it. You know, we had we had been. Um not necessarily dating, but we had been friends for a very long time. And when I was friends with her, I was also in love with her. So, you know, for me, it was a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, what we ended with that night, it was, she's like, you know, I'm I'm glad we had this conversation because at least I know where you want the, you know, the relationship to go. And she, she didn't say she was opposed to it, but just Mm -hmm. that it, she wasn't ready to to consider that and i think you know if if there's one thing i would go back and do different um and i think it's and there's many things wait till she's ready (laughs) wait till she's ready no but i mean even just from the perspective that making sure that um that i was listening to her and giving her an opportunity to say how she felt Mm. as often as i got out how i felt you know i think it's one of the things about even in, in our pop culture, the way love is often expressed, people don't often express it in the terms of the other. You know, mm. like you, you listen to a love song, it's, I need you. It's very selfish. I need you. Mm. <laughs> Stay with me. I can't live without you. That's still yeah. me focused. That's not the other person focused. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine my life without you. Again, that's just me, 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 me. And mm. and I think we, we um, culturally are completely backwards from the perspective that there really needs to be a lot more and it's not just at this point of the relationship but if i if i could have been a better husband earlier on i think i would have understood um that you have to work really hard to find out what that person wants you know and 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 from the perspective what would i bring to a relationship with us you know Mm -hmm. because this needs to be something that works for you as well. It can't just work for me. Yeah, if you want longevity of any form, mm-hmm. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I, I, that's great. And thank you for sharing. That's that's awesome. Um, and, and oddly enough, our stories have some similarities in them. So this is, uh, as, as your disclaimer at the beginning was so true, we may be the two worst people to be giving any advice on marriage or on Valentine's Day. Uh, but, yes. <laughs> so, 
just 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 to kind of fill mine in, and then we'll get back to your proposal since we're left hanging there at, at the uh, we'll think about it kind of mode <laughs> here. Uh, so with myself, um, uh, as I say, I had met Paula a few years prior to the whole hot pursuit, or at least what was my pursuit. And uh, like you, I met her in church and uh, different church than you went to, but it, uh, <laughs> yeah. it was church. We, we lived in two separate states together. Did you join uh, you the choir? I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I did. I was in the choir in high school, so I don't think she motivated me to join choir. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, did, I did do a stint in choir while I was attending there. Um, but uh, so for me, uh, and like you, oddly enough, nobody believes me today, but the younger I was, the more shy I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so when my brother went to first grade, I literally hid behind my mother's skirt when I met his instructor, you know, because mom mm-hmm. and brother went to drop off big brother to school. And I, I hid in embarrassment. I was just so shy. Um uh, and as years progress, that's all melted away. And I, I'm not sure what it would take to, I, I don't want to find out, but I'm not sure what it would take to embarrass me or make me feel shy today. Very, very few circumstances might would. But nonetheless, when I got up the courage to ask Paul out, so my first time was, uh, I'm a person that I, I was trying to observe character. And and this is this mm-hmm. is uh, the one the one marital advice thing that I give to everybody. And I don't think anybody's listened to me yet. Uh, so my advice is to observe a person's character before you get your emotions involved, because once your emotions are involved, you're completely cloudy and can't make any decision mm-hmm. because you're, you're all operating in emotions. And so that, that is sincere advice that I give. And sincerely, I don't know anybody that's followed it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, uh, so I I had observed her and thought, gosh, you know, she seems like she'd be a great person. And so the first time that I went to go ask her out, uh, when I arrived to where she was, uh, I found out from her mother that she got engaged the night before. And so (laughs) needless to say, we, we didn't have our first date right away because she was engaged to somebody else. And uh, so she went through this relationship for a few months and uh, eventually broke things off with him before uh, before I could begin my pursuit again. Now, that seems awfully convenient. You telling me you didn't have some (laughs) some hand in in ending this maybe a little premature. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, yeah, it was uh, this this knight in charming arm, shining armor to her had arrived on the scene and just was the guy that she had been looking for. Um, my wife, uh, she had been married before and had been uh, divorced for a, a relatively short period, about a year, I think, by the time I met her. And so this guy came in and just he was everything that she was looking for, you know, and uh so nonetheless, that, that kind of squelched my opportunity for a moment. And, and without going long into that whole story, eventually they broke up. And I maintained friendship with her and uh, was one of the people that let her know that I would support whatever decision she made. Some folks were not real thrilled that uh, she'd gotten into the relationship. And uh, so I, I supported her and whatnot. Nonetheless, eventually that relationship ended and so somewhat like you, Steve, we, we did the old, hey, let's, let's go out to eat. And to me, it was a date. To her, it was dinner. And mm-hmm. we, 
we saw each other close to every day for a full year. Uh, I worked night shift. She worked days. So I would get up uh, after a few hours sleep and go visit her for lunch. And then she'd come by after work and I'd get back up again. And uh, we'd visit before I went into work at night. And that went on for, like I say, almost a year or so. And uh, anyhow, when I proposed, so a little like you, uh, I proposed to her and uh, ask her to marry me. And uh, it, it, it became a little uncomfortable when she started laughing. And she said, <laughs> you're serious, aren't you? And oh, no. so, yeah. So so at that point, I did the old get down on one knee on this day, the 17th of November, something year, you know, the whole thing. I ask you, you know, full name, Paula, full name, to marry me. And she's, oh, my gosh. Huh. Oh my gosh, you're serious. She's and so little like Elizabeth, she said, oh, well, her response was, I need to think about this. <laughs> That's funny. And so there we are. And so she let me know that she was gonna think about it. And so how long did Elizabeth take from there with you, Steve, once you proposed? Oh, pretty close to a month before she told me that it would be okay for me to ask again. So it wasn't uh, like she gave me an answer, but she told me, it's okay if you want to ask again. And did you ask immediate? Or did you, <laughs> yes. you, didn't have it for long I, you know what? I, I, was, I should have. And I think you about know, it all over again. Shy. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and it's kind of like this was such a perfect opportunity. She had just told me, you can set it up. You can make it nice. We could have, you know, you could take me to a fine dining place you could we could hike to the top of the mountain but instead i'm like oh, okay then do you wanna <laughs> you know <laughs> oh it, you know goodness like if i could go back and just slap myself because mm. you know it's one of those things that clearly clearly what she was saying is yeah i think i'm ready i'm ready for you to to really think this out i'm ready for you to to put together a proper engagement you know because Actually, the way I first asked her, I didn't do I, Stephen Otterstrom, on the first day of this. You know, it was a conversation that started out with, you look really, um, you you look like you're really disturbed by something. That's that's how the conversation started. Because I had actually, um, I had actually gotten a ring from um, uh, a friend of mine who had, well, basically what had happened is is this friend of mine had, given a promise ring to somebody and then that had broken off and he'd gotten the promise ring back, but, um, wasn't going to use it. And yeah. so, so you got said, Hey, you, you can, you can have this if you'd like. And of course I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the ring as it was, but I took it down to a jeweler and, um, I showed it to him and I, I was just kind of trying to get ideas on, you know, what, could be done with this ring and the jeweler was like oh i can do this and i'll add this to it and i'll make a nice little band and i was like go ahead do it you know and uh so all of a sudden that day i had been i'd gotten a call um we were gonna elizabeth and i were going on a date and i'd gotten this call saying it's here and it's ready Mm -hmm. and um so i went and picked it up and it was in my pocket i had not planned on asking her but all of a sudden it was kind of like there was this excited nausea going on, you know, and from this perspective that like, I actually have an engagement ring in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I'm actually out with the person 
that um, I want to ask to marry me. Sounds like the perfect setup to me. And 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 so of course that was causing a little bit of um, anxiety. And she was reading that. She's like, you know, you look like you're really having a hard time with something. You're like, she was so concerned. She's like, you know, later on that night, she's like, if I just kept my mouth shut. <laughs> and so I was like, well, now that you mention it. And, and I, I think this is about as close as, as I can remember, the, you know, the exact terms. But I said, actually, I have been doing a lot of thinking and I just been thinking that it would be really nice if we were married. And, um, well, I mean, you don't have to answer right away, but if you want to, um, I'm asking. <laughs> can, can you imagine a worse way of being proposed to and um and and uh and so here she was giving me a a second chance (laughs) you know she's like yes you know she's telling me you know i think it would be okay if you want to ask and so then i just turn around like okay well then do you want to you're like sure yeah yeah uh but the good thing about being so pathetic that early on is you can only go uphill from there you know (laughs) uphill There's there's only growth. You can only be better, there you know, you or downhill, there whatever it is. Things only improve from that go. from that from that perspective, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know for me, once Paula got over the initial shock of me asking, because I I was not the same type of person that she normally pursued or or had been pursued by. And, uh, so I was, I literally was in the friend zone, you know, and, and she just, in her relationship, she just didn't consider that you ever got serious with friends because then you'd lose friendship. And so friends remained friends. And when you dated, you dated. And Mm -hmm. so that was just a barrier that she had there. And, uh, so nonetheless, it, it took, it took the better part of a week for her to give me a response. And, uh, without all the gory details here, uh, essentially what happened is I did let her know so many days in, and I didn't mean to be threatening by any means, but I, I did let her know so far into it that I, I let her know that you do recognize that if you say no, that this will end our relationship. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I can't go back to being just friends once you say no. So we either move forward this direction, as in marriage, or it will be done and over and I'll be out of the picture. And uh, so I think that gave her a little more to reflect on. And uh, needless to say, though, the good news is she eventually did say yes. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and you're and the like only you... relationship I've heard of that was that was successful that started with an ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I, say. I I was not I genuinely wasn't trying to be threatening, but I didn't feel that she knew that I couldn't just hang out and be buddies after being told no. Uh, you know, I would have to move on, lick my wounds, and find somebody else eventually. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, I I don't think she was aware of that and. Uh, Anyway, nonetheless, the the good news is, is uh, April this year will be 32 years for us. So I, I guess, I guess we've done all right. Just as you, you're, you're at 30 or excuse me, you're at uh, 22, <laughs> I, get, I think. You're, I, I think say. you're 10 years behind me if I remember right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, both of us, I think, married up 
and uh, did did well on the women that we selected. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think so. it kind of goes into like what makes a good relationship. You know, I think, again, this is something where our culture gets it completely wrong. You know, there's this whole idea that you find the one true love and there's this amazing chemistry and everything works yeah. so well and you kiss like movie stars and everything's perfect and you 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 know the, the story starts and ends with the glorious wedding and and then there's just happiness from then on after and i really think what makes a good relationship is what happens after that mm-hmm. you know it's I, I don't i don't believe that there is a one true one person for anyone um i think that uh that you find people that hopefully you can be compatible with that you can be friends with that you like um, hopefully that you're attracted to. I think that's attraction is probably pretty important in a marriage too. Sure. Um, but then after that, it's, it's about what work you put into it, you know, like yeah. all relationships. And I don't, and I hate the word work because, you know, I've, I've also seen relationships where people put a lot of work into it and it was yes. kind of like throwing good money after bad, yes. you know, that, yes. um, s- some, some relationships are, are best ended <laughs> are best yeah. terminated and and even from the perspective that um you know um a family member of mine who's going through a separation right now i know there was they're talking about how you know having had a failed marriage and i'm like well what made it failed well you know we were together for 15 years and now we're not and it's like well i mean if you had a job for 15 years and then you found you know what it's time for me to move on no one would call that a failed career mm-hmm. you know that I think sometimes we have these these expectations in relationships that that are unrealistic. But really, I mean, I, I, the reason I, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here, the point I'm trying to make is it's not about work, it's not about pain and suffering because pain and suffering, it, life is too short to spend your whole life hating it, you know. Yeah. But it's about finding ways to continue to enjoy one another, and yes. and that requires a little bit of a of an active presence. You know, um, because what you're interested in when you're 20, probably your common interests will shift significantly by the time you're 40. And 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 it's and and can you find things that you now enjoy doing together? You know, yeah, Um, I I think you're totally nailing it, Steve. I'm in full agreement. And especially when you consider we've certainly got friends that come from culture because they're, they're not from the United States. They come from a culture where their, their weddings are prearranged, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I know I had heard somebody talk about not, not an actual personal friend, but somebody was talking about it one time and they were saying, in essence, it was almost easier because then they would have the chance to get to know that person and discover that person afresh without that expectation, what, without mm-hmm. any expectation. And I think that's a little what you're saying here. Um, it's not work, work as in sweating and killing yourself to make something happen, but it is a matter of just continuing to discover uh, because seriously, as long as I've been married, I, I do discover new things about my wife all the time. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, those new discoveries can become points of frustration and confusion because just like you said, she is not the woman I married and I'm not the woman, the, the man she married, yeah. nor the woman, but, nor the woman. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I, I have changed significantly over the course of 30 years as she has. 
And so we've got to learn to adapt to who our changing partner is. And part of that is just like going into it. And let me ask you, Steve, when you met Elizabeth, I'll bet you five bucks the things that you were attracted to Elizabeth as far as her character traits and so on, probably, or her, her interests and whatnot, they were things that you weren't necessarily strong in yourself. And so you admired those qualities in her and you were attracted to her. Is, is that a fair statement? I think that's fair. But I think what I found most interesting is the things that matter, I wasn't even aware of. Ah, there you go. You know, that yeah. what I thought was important at the time um, and really a lot of the things that went into my decision. So I, I guess in some ways it's almost like a lucky roll of the dice in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, because the things that I would have thought would have been important um, actually, luckily, were not important. Yeah. Um, because yeah. We, we were able to get past a lot of potential challenges and struggles. And it's not like we haven't had challenges and struggles. I mean, I, I think, um, I, and, and you might remember this, you know, um, Leonard, for our, our listeners, you know, is the kind of person that if he knows you, he recognizes differences in your mood. But I remember, you know, even shortly after moving to Salt Lake, there was one time I called up and you're like, I was talking to you and, 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 and you said, well, is everything okay <laughs> between like you and Elizabeth? I'm like, well, we are actually struggling a little bit right now, <laughs> you know? And, um, you know, I, I don't think that we need to fear struggle or, and I don't think we need to look at it from the perspective, like a healthy marriage doesn't have struggles. It's, I think it's like when you look at, um, a business relationship, something that's often brought up is in, in, in business teams, as they say, the forming, storming, norming, and performing, yeah, you know, yeah, where you're forming yeah. your, your team. Um, and that's kind of the honeymoon period. And then you have your storming where you're, where you're, you're having troubles and then you come up with rules, you come up with norms, and then you actually really start performing well. And, you know, you would think that in something like a marriage, well, you only go through that once, you know, you form, you, you know, you get married, you, mm-hmm. you do have your moments where you struggle, you come up with rules and, and culture and, and things within your relationship, and then things are good. But the truth is, at least for me and for us, how we've discovered it is that we change too much on a regular basis that, you know, every couple of years we're we're, we're going to be married to different people, <laughs> same yeah. social security number, but you know, we're going to be married to different people. And you know, what's exciting about that and what's made that work is, you know, I, I'm always kind of excited to meet the new person, <laughs> but there is this aspect of going through that, those stages again of, you know, like, Oh, I really love that you now like to do this. And this, but I really don't like that it takes away from this time that we used to have. And then coming up with, with the rules and the norms and the culture that makes it work and then falling in love again on that performing side, you know? Yeah. Well, and I know where, where I was starting to lead to, I think still folds in with what you're saying. Um, You know, some of the very things that I was attracted to with Paula um, so you've met her and, and mm-hmm. probably again, similar to Elizabeth, uh, Paul is the type person. I don't know anybody that has met her that doesn't love her because Paula just gushes with love. And I mean, she's a hugger, you know, you mm-hmm. meet, meet her, she hugs you. you know, it doesn't matter whether she knows you or not, you know? <laughs> and, uh, so the, that, that was one of the easy attractions for me there. In fact, I used to, for those of you old enough to remember, I think it's a 1970 song. 
uh, you know, when you're in love with a beautiful woman, you know it's hard. Everybody wants her. Everybody needs her. Yada da da da. On the song it goes. I used to sing that when I was pursuing her because I recognize her time was going to be shared among many people and I would never have possession of it just for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's an area that actually attracted me though, because I might be just a little bit of the opposite of that. (laughs) And so I was drawn to that. But as our relationship continues, if I'm not careful, those same attractions and that being one of them, uh, could be the areas that cause me to get angst or upset in our relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's it's ironic. That's what attracted me, but yet that could be the same thing that becomes a distraction. And so that's what I kind of, for those folks listening that might be uh, struggling in the relationship or pursuing a new relationship, just to kind of put a bookmark in there and realize, hey, that's wonderful that they have these qualities but realize one day that quality might be something that causes to grind against that's, you just a challenge. at the same time, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's a difference, right? Uh, it, that's it. You know, the, the old adage is opposites attract. Well, that's great, but you know, opposites do attract, but eventually uh, sometimes that attraction becomes a repellent. I think <laughs> the opposite becomes mm-hmm. a repellent too, you know? So Well, it's interesting because there's different things that can keep you together and different things that can pull you apart. I think one thing that, you know, with Elizabeth and I, we've always done well is we both kind of have the same management style, like when it comes Mm. to running the house and things, Um, or at least from the perspective that we're we're both pretty good at it. You know, we actually have been pretty darn decent at at having our finances in good order and being on the same page. Like, you know, I I, I hear about people talking about where one spouse goes out and spends a lot of money and the the other Mm. doesn't, and that causes friction and you know, and, and, uh, but for us, that's, that's never been a challenge because we've, we've always been able to be on the same page and that necessarily, you know, you look at that as something as being, okay, well, that's something we have in common, but it's not really a a point of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like, I love you because we have the same spending philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's almost like there has to be a little bit of friction in a place and I'm not saying that, you know, fighting or aggression or abuse by any means, you know, but but there almost needs to be a little bit of a difference of opinion for there to be a spark, for there to be something interesting mm. there. Yeah. You know, um, and so sometimes we, 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 we look for similarities when we're, we, we're, we really need to have is a little bit of of intriguing differences between each other. Yeah. Well, what's what's that old saying? You know, if, if both of us are the same, one of us isn't needed. <laughs> You know? yeah. So, so iron does sharpen iron and, and having those distinct differences and the ability to talk about them, the willingness to talk about them and work through them. Yeah. It's definitely helpful and strengthening for sure. So well, well we've Steve, given a whole lot of unsolicited advice, Yeah, um, you know, so um, lessons on love from uh, Leonard and Steve. And I think the one thing we can promise is we'll never do a podcast like this again. <laughs> we'll try and we'll try and focus on areas where we might be just a, a, a little bit more qualified <laughs> absolutely maybe we'll, we'll do president's day i mean for sure maybe next time we will just focus on who our favorite presidents are and and <laughs> do a do a, a an old-fashioned uh u.s history day <laughs> there you go maybe so maybe so but nonetheless uh 
big fun. And uh, I, I hope our listeners have enjoyed just getting to know a little bit more about us, maybe learn a little bit about relationships along the way. Uh, Steve, any, any parting thoughts from you you want to share or anything you want to summarize before we kind of wrap it up for the day here? You know, just one little thought, you know, is that's come to, comes to mind and I don't want to, you know, put myself out there as like the success story or anything. But I think one of the challenges I think that sometimes exists in marriage and what can make marriage so difficult is it really does come from really horrific roots, you know, from property ownership. <laughs> this idea that I, I, I own you and, and, and now you own me. And there was, you know, but really what makes a relationship work is that it's not based off of a contract. It's based off of a desire to be together. And I think to the degree that we can look at how can we make the life of the person that we're with a little, little better, um, then, then you're probably more likely to get more out of that relationship uh, than having this perspective of <laughs> now, now you're mine. You know, it, we, we, we have to recognize that at no point do we ever own our companion, nor do they own us. Um, that what we do and what we give, we give willingly and freely, and we hold back what we want to hold back when we want to hold back as well. And we have to have that respect to allow our partner to do the same. Well, you do trigger some marital advice. I heard one time. <laughs> I've got to share it now, and uh, maybe maybe this is not the right note to end on, but I, I, I will leave it here. Uh, this this guy is a minister, and uh, he I've heard him speak at a few conferences. Real funny guy. Uh, Joe McGee is his name. Uh, if if somebody wants to Google him, he's still out there on YouTube and some other places. Anyhow, Joe McGee, and uh, he was saying about ta- talking to this couple, and. You know, they were on the edge of their marriage and talking separation and just things were breaking down. And so they came into the minister, true story, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, came into the minister for advice and, you know, oh, he won't do this. He won't do this. He won't do this. And he won't do this. And then the man says, well, she won't do this. She won't do this. He won't do this. And then they look to him as the minister. And of course, ministers are supposed to be all knowing. And it's kind of like, OK, well, what, what are you going to do to fix this? And he ponders for a minute and he says to them, well, one of you is going to have to die. And of course they're in shock. (laughs) What do you mean one of us is going to have to die? And what he meant, and as he unpacks the story to the audience, I was part of the audience, what he unpacked to us was the fact that when you're in a relationship, one of you has to die to yourself a little bit. You know, there are times it's that, that's, that's when we say work, it Mm -hmm. really is that sacrifice for the other. Um, it doesn't mean it happens all the time because, you know, we share a bowl of ice cream. We both enjoy it. But sometimes mm-hmm. she gets the last of the ice cream and I don't. Or sometimes uh, they get to watch their show and I don't get to watch mine. And that's okay. You know, uh, it, it's part of that enduring relationship is willingness to die to myself a little bit for that person to have something that they desire. And then it's reciprocal that person dies a little bit to themselves for me to have some of the things that I desire as well. (laughs) Uh, And so it really becomes this mutual, again, it's not a contract, it's not some handshake agreement, but it really is just a willingness, a reciprocal relationship that, hey, I can give to you with nothing, no expectation in return, and you can give to me with no expectation in return. (laughs) 
Well, that goes into a pact that Elizabeth and I have. Um, <laughs> that uh, so you do have a pact. You have. A we contract. do have a pact. Yeah, that this is the pact we have because we watched a lot of Dateline. You know, like where it shows murders and stuff, and oftentimes yes. spouses yes. murder each other. And, she's and we got both a five gallon bleach container in the closet. Yeah, we both made it perfectly clear that um, that 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 if any one of us wants out of the relationship that the other will walk away and nobody needs to get killed. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's our pact. You know, I've even told her she can keep the 401k. I don't know how to handle the the life insurance, but (laughs) um, we can fake my death. But can we, can we, can we separate without one of us dying? So, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I just wanted to make it clear that one of you, one of us doesn't have to die. There yes, are no physical death. No physical death, for <laughs> yes. sure. But that's for great. Sure. But, the, you know, I think that is a, is a really good point from the perspective that, you know, um, we, we really do get into our own heads and have our own perspective so often. And, and you know, I, I remember like with my grandparents, um, they always had this story of a perfect fairy tale marriage and then i actually lived with them for a little while and i realized i will never be in a marriage like that i will leave before (laughs) i am in a marriage like that because they they spent their whole lives hating each other and in the end everyone said you've had a successful marriage because of all the years that you have been miserable together Mm -hmm. and uh being miserable and counting the years that's not success either that you, you you have to find a way to enjoy one another or move on yeah yeah. Well, let's hope for enjoyment this Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, yes. Hey, for this Valentine's Day, we are endorsing enjoyment and marital bliss. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that's the advice we have, of course, unsolicited, non-professional, be it as it may. And uh, not even very hear- good. maybe not i'd love to hear your stories as well so if you do want to reach out to us feel free you can email steve or myself at furloughedmailbox at gmail.com furloughedmailbox at gmail.com love to hear your stories and how you met your significant other and if you've got some marriage advice for steve and i we might need that as well we might need it especially if our wives listen to the podcast i'm hoping mine won't but nonetheless (laughs) so with that folks we'll we'll bid you adieu and say goodbye and uh certainly thank you for listening to our program feel free to like and share us on your listening device whichever app you use to listen to us that will help our ratings if you do want to help us out that way share some of the programs that you found enjoyable uh, otherwise, just feel free to delete us and unsubscribe. <laughs> no, 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 no. We need the subscriptions. Don't delete. Don't delete. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but we do, we do enjoy this, and we certainly enjoy having you along for the ride, and we hope you enjoy it as well. And with that, uh, I'll end, as always, by mentioning our sponsor. We are sponsored by Upwards Unlimited. Upwards, W-O-R-D-S, unlimited.com. And they are a learning organization that helps you and your organization move from culture to community. And they have the four C's of connection, uh, excuse me, conversations, connection, collaboration, and community, which will move you there. So if you're interested in finding out more about Upwards Unlimited, again, it's Upwards, W-O-R-D-S, unlimited.com. Thanks, everyone. You have a great week. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye-bye.